your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. All right, welcome to the Locked On Longhorns podcast. It is Friday. Uh, happy it's Friday. Uh, along with me, as always, Cammie. You can follow us on Twitter, at PatSportsGuy, at CammieNG. Follow the show, LO underscore Longhorns. And today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Make sure you go to BillBar.com. Use the promo code. Locked on, get you ten dollars off your first box. Uh, so, Cami, it's Friday, finally Friday. Uh, lots to talk about today, despite not a whole lot of sports news being out there. I agree, and happy Friday. It was kind of a, a long week for us, but uh, we made it another week in quarantine, and hopefully, we're nearing the end of it. Yeah, it seems like we're getting ever so closer to the idea of college football. Uh, recently I, saw a mm-hmm. report that Iowa State has got a pretty big checklist that they're they're heading towards getting players back on the football field, and they're going to slowly work their way towards you know practices. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's one of those steps. It seems like the state of Iowa seems like they're they're pretty hell bent on getting football out there because we know the okay. Hawkeyes were planning on starting practice soon, and then obviously Iowa State's trying to get involved. Um, kind of interesting, kind of because it's different, right? Because California, they're they're talking about no students will be on campus whatsoever, so which means no sports. And yeah. um, because of you know what Mark Emmert said, and but the Big Twelve, all ten schools are planning on being back on campuses in the fall. Yeah, I think that's a very positive sign. And like we've always been mentioning, we need someone to take that first step. We need someone to kind of be the guinea pig and go out and take that PR hit um, for good or for bad. And so it seems like people are willing uh, to jump on the train and do that so far. And I think the fact that the Texas Longhorns football staff uh, announced their return or their plan to return to campus on Monday on a part time basis um, was kind of fell along with that plan. Um, I think it's the first football staff that we've heard of kind of trying to return to campus and get back in their normal routine. So I thought that was a positive sign as well. You know, I haven't, like you said, you know, you talked about returning. I don't think I've heard any other staff heading back into, uh, heading back to campus or at least making it known. Yeah, and I know they're just returning to Monday for I think I believe their schedule is going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday on campus. So kind of on a part time thing, and I believe it's under thirty or so coaches. So I think that's a positive sign, just because we have uh, kind of a whole new coaching staff. It seems, and they can kind of come like get in a routine. Um, I know there's no students there, but become more familiar with um, the campus and things like that. And I don't know. I just think. It's a positive sign. I wouldn't be surprised to see more schools kind of follow along. Yeah, it's not surprising at all. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, this was the news kind of broke. Uh, Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods had tweeted out that that they were going to do this. And I think it's great. You know, they're still going to be doing still going to be monitoring social distancing. Um, They're still going to be utilizing Zoom conferences with their players, Mm -hmm. uh, prospects. Uh, recruits uh you know so there's a lot lot of that uh and on the topic of recruits clayton smith has announced that today he will be making his choice of which college he will be attending uh and which school he will be signing on with when the 20 
twenty national signing or probably the early signing day uh, hits uh, later this year. Ooh, who are the uh, final remaining schools on that list? I'll just tell you the two that are the biggest on that okay. list, and that's Texas and then Oklahoma. Oh, gosh. I love and, when it comes down to Texas and OU or Texas and Texas A&M. Those are fun ones. Uh, yeah, kind of like Jordan Thomas. It was down to Texas A&M and Texas, and obviously he chose Texas. Uh, unfortunately, it's looking more and more like uh, he, Clayton Smith, will be choosing Oklahoma. Boo. Yeah, I saw the updates. Um, if you follow the 24-7 guys like Mike Roach, uh, he put his prediction in, and it's 100% Oklahoma. So it doesn't sound good for, for Texas fans. But, you know, hopefully there's a change of heart there. Um, you know, I know these guys go based off what they're told or, you know, rumors and whatnot. But uh, I'm really hoping that it, it doesn't, in fact, stay that way. I hope it changes up. I hope they that he's able to come to Texas, you know, and continue to bolster that team. And uh, as they continue to build for the 2021 uh, recruiting class, because uh, it would be another another big get for Tom Herman and the staff. Yeah, and I think regardless of where he commits, I think Texas is kind of on the right path in terms of their recruiting trail. Um, even though their 2021 class doesn't have too many commitments yet, uh, they're they're loaded. I mean, the commitments, like we've mentioned, are uh, four- and five-star prospects mostly. So I think they're on the right path. It's um, Hopefully he does choose the Longhorns, but um, there's still tons of times left in terms of uh, really grading to see how they're going to fare in that class. Yeah, and even if they don't get – uh smith obviously they got jordan thomas which was a good one um you also have the fact that uh tommy brockermeyer is still out there uh Mm -hmm. rumored to be leaning texas which would be great for him and his brother um you know because his brother himself and his name always escapes me is it jason uh, I don't remember his brother's name, to be honest. And and that's and I apologize. The I just Meyer called them family. the Brockermeyer brothers. Yeah, but the so. bri- the brothers, you're right. Um, you know they're they're out there. Uh, Savion Bird, another guy, uh, who played with Quentin Jackson and Duncanville. Uh, you know maybe that relationship helped bring him here because he's also, I believe, he was a he's a five star offensive tackle. So you could, you could actually get two of those guys. I mean that that would really bolster yeah. this team. Um, you know, but, uh, coming up next, we're going to get into some top five lists on the top players that the Texas Longhorns are going to be facing. But first I want to tell you about built bar. Uh, Cammy, we're going to call these the healthy candy bars because Ooh. they taste like candy. I like that. Uh, mint brownie. One of my favorite flavors. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I had to order more because they, they were so fantastic. I was like, I need more of these. Um, you know, if you're dealing with the quarantine 15, you know, that quarantine 20, this is a great way. I know gyms are about to start opening up. You know, they've talked about that down here in Texas. And so you want to get back in that mode of working out and being healthy and eating right. And this definitely helps you. It's low on calories. It's got just a hundred calories, 15 grams of protein. Not, it doesn't have the carbs or the sugar, that normal protein bars have in them and all also that it doesn't have that chalky taste. It doesn't have that gritty taste. And you know, it's funny and Cami, I'm sure you can relate when you eat something healthy and it has this, 
like they say, oh, it's, you know, low fat, low sugar, all these. It almost feels like you can just, like, it has this nasty aftertaste. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a um, chalky dry. I kind of refer to it as a dry um, taste where you have to wash it down with water, that type of thing. Yeah, there's not that aftertaste. You know, they didn't have that. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. great. They're they're delicious. Go to lock. I'm sorry. Go to builtbar.com. Promo code locked on, and you're gonna get ten dollars off your first box. You can you can get one of their boxes already set up, or you can build your own box. It's fantastic. Go to builtbar.com. Promo code locked on. Let me know what you think. All right, Cammy. We got some top five lists to talk about. Ooh, I like these. Let's do it. So on longhornswire.usatoday.com, uh, Griffin McVeigh has been doing this series on the top five players at each position. Mm-hmm. And we have the top five players are going to face at quarterback. And as we know, in the Big 12, there are plenty of quarterbacks. There are. I actually enjoyed going through this list because I wasn't too sure who he was going to uh, kind of squeeze in at the number five and four spot, but um, I, obviously I knew who he was going to put at number one. Yeah, the number five quarterback on this list was a little shocking when he went with uh, Alan Bowman at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it- I I guess because they're kind of known as gunslingers over there. I'm not really sure, but I it could be because who else would you put there type of scenario. Right, right, right. But the the thing with, with Bowman, and that's been the history behind him, uh, it's been the injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, his freshman season, he had a collapsed lung. Uh, last year, he lost most of his season uh, due to injury again, you know, and they had to go with Jet Duffy. And mm-hmm. so – you know, there's a lot of question marks. You know, they got a second-year head coach in Matt Wells. You know, Tech has a lot of question marks. So it was just a, a bit surprising to see Bowman that high up on the list. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, they they had some other guys on the list. Who was the uh, was that? Because that was my surprise. Who was the surprise you had? Um, I I kind of would say Rattler being so high, just because he's kind of an unproven quarterback. Um, obviously people are expecting big things out of him and out of the Sooners program and as a whole, I would say, but I believe he had Rattler at number two, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, I thought that was a little high just because he's unproven, but again, it could go back to the whole, um, who else would you put there type of thing. Maybe he's unsure about a couple of the other quarterbacks. So I don't know. I think all in all, it was a fairly realistic list. You know, I don't think that, uh, Rattler is extremely far-fetched to put him at number two just for the simple fact that you know Oklahoma right now is kind of seen as this quarterback factory Mm -hmm. and well while Rattler is the first one in the last three quarterbacks that didn't transfer in um, you know people still look at Lincoln Riley as this guy who can really you know get quarterbacks in this in their system Uh, I, I am a little bit surprised though to put him there considering uh i think uh spencer saunders out of oklahoma state's a little better mm-hmm. right now uh charlie brewer out of baylor he has the uh obviously he has the the pedigree but the, the big question about him is can he stay healthy with all the concussions okay. um, and obviously you had brock purdy at number one who's kind of viewed as a um fringe first round quarterback 
uh, in the upcoming NFL draft. So not surprising at all to see uh, Brock Purdy there. Uh, so, you know, all in all, I think it was a good list. Uh, wanted to switch over, Cammy, and let's talk a little bit about the wide receivers. Okay. Uh, number one, Jamar Chase. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. I knew kind of he would be up there. He's actually supposed to be a very high draft pick in 2021, correct? He he is, and it was funny. Uh, uh, him and Kylan Wallace are number one and number two, and obviously Wallace is at, at Oklahoma State and part of that big mm-hmm. trio. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah, Jamar Chase is, and it's funny. Uh, if you listen to any of my Cowboy-related stuff, I actually had a conversation with Trevon Diggs, and I asked him about, you know, who the best wide receivers were uh, coming out next year. And, and he said Jamar Chase is number one. Uh, he did mention a couple Alabama players as well up there. But, uh, yeah, he said that, that Chase is definitely up there, definitely the top guy as, as far as he was concerned. Uh, Tyler Wallace, obviously, he's got in his career against Texas 15 catches for 305 yards. So, I mean, he, he gets big chunks and – you know, if it wasn't for his ACL tear, I think he probably would have went to the NFL draft last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those are some of the guys on there um, that were listed number one and number two. Any any surprises there? Or uh, maybe Charleston Rambo from uh, Oklahoma, number three? Yeah, particularly. But uh, like I mentioned, it's kind of, um, other than Chase, it's kind of un proven or I guess it's wide open at this point and especially in terms of the big 12 when you're speaking but um I personally think and I know he's definitely unproven as well I think Brennan Eagles is going to have a breakout season for the Longhorns so um I don't know I again it just it's a matter of whether you're looking at the schedule as a whole or you're looking at just the big 12 opponents so I'm personally trying to look at the big 12 opponents um obviously just because that's more important on our end but um, like I mentioned, I think Eagles is going to have a huge year. Yeah, Eagles. Um, Jake Smith. Uh-huh. Jordan Lake. Uh, Tariq Black. Malcolm Epps. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some guys who could have some uh, some good season for the wide receivers. You know, it kind of leads me into our next conversation that we're going to get into right after this. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my predictions for the season. And uh, kind of if they're far-fetched. All right, Cami. So I put out my predictions for the upcoming season. And I swear, that thing was everywhere. <laughs> they were talking about it on Sirius XM radio. They were talking about it on the Horn in Austin. It was on. They put it up on 24-7. I was like, wow. So what were people actually um, thinking about it? Were they agreeing with it? Were they kind of shocked at a couple of the choices or how did it go? Uh, Mostly what I was hearing is that it wasn't impossible. You know, not not exactly probable. They didn't think that my score predictions were, you know, out too far out there, you know, and, you know, it's definitely something that they thought could happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wasn't because. So no one was overly shocked, like, oh, this is unrealistic type of thing. No, I mean, because you looked at, like, so the College Wire um, as a whole, there's 14 different teams that we cover. Um, we all put out all of our predictions. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously Oklahoma went 12-0 and in theirs, which seems far-fetched. Because I don't yeah. think they'd be – I'm going to say it. I'm saying it right now. On this Friday, May 15th, 
on the Locked On Longhorns podcast, Texas is beating Oklahoma. Yeah, and I and Rick. It doesn't matter what team it is. It could be Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, whoever. But it is very, I mean, very hard to go undefeated in college football. So um, that's a bold prediction. I don't know if I would ever, um, regardless of how strong my team is, I don't know if I would be able to uh, predict an undefeated record. That's kind of what you always hope for. But yeah, um, I, mean, I kind of like what you picked. But but the thing with, uh, with the Oklahoma one, just to talk about it, uh, Riley has lost at least two games every year that he's been the head coach. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, which is good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good season. Uh, I just don't see an undefeated season coming. I, they're going to have a slip up somewhere. Well, Oklahoma, exactly. I was like, it's always some slip up of a team you least expect that just goes in there and, or and beats them. Yeah, true. Ooh, and, and o- that's going to be a great game. And Oklahoma State's got some talent, and that's why in my predictions I had Texas losing to Oklahoma State in the finale because obviously they got Saunders, they have Chubbard, they got Tyler yeah, that's Wallace. The, uh, that's the one team when I look at the schedule that I think um, prob- I guess it's probable to beat the Longhorns, especially at being the end of the season. And I believe that's a short week as well or around the Thanksgiving break. Or, the, no, that's uh, TCU. Yeah, TCU is a short one. So that could also be a surprise, but – um well the game yeah, against think, the game uh-huh. against Oklahoma State is on a Friday, so it's actually a short week. Oh yeah. But I just think Oklahoma State has a lot of that talent and knowing the Longhorns always having issues with them in the past, that game kind of scares me. Um that's probably the that game probably scares me more than the Red River rivalry, to be quite honest. I don't know why. I just think um the Longhorns are always ready to play in big games, and I think it's kind of like a mediocre game against Oklahoma State that they might fall flat. So I'm not sure if I were to pick a loss, it'd be them, Iowa State, or TCU. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. I went, you know, I thought Iowa State was one that I struggled with. Um, obviously, I picked uh, I picked Texas, just to run through it real quick, uh, obviously to win the opening game of the year pretty handedly. Uh, I have them to win by – you know, six points, so a touchdown over LSU, which did you know that this will be the first trip to Baton Rouge for Texas since 1953? Wow. Every game that they've had since then was either played in Austin or in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. Interesting. Yeah, that's Uh, awesome. uh, Then they host UTEP, which, uh, again, not a team that should scare you. Um, And then they get their first shot at – Kansas State in Manhattan before hosting, or I'm hosting, heading to the Cotton Bowl to take on uh, Oklahoma, which I have Texas by three. So I still have it a close game, but I just think that it's it's going to be closer than than people think. Um, West Virginia, another win. Uh, Texas Tech at in Lubbock, which Lubbock's always a weird uh, place to play. Uh, especially if they make that a night game. Obviously, we don't know at this point because times are going to be announced uh, later on. Uh, win against Baylor at home. Um, let's see here. Kansas. I don't think it's going to be close like it was last year. Not with yeah, the new defense. I don't think so either. Um, and that's why I have Texas winning 49-17 over Kansas. Yeah, I think it might be a little bit closer, maybe like a 17-point game or so, but I think it'll be much uh I guess, stronger of a showing than last season. Uh, then I have Texas winning like on that 
short week you talked about on November 14th. I have them beating TCU by two touchdowns in a revenge game. Uh, narrowly escaping Iowa State because they actually come to Austin this time, and then a loss on the road to close out the season against Oklahoma at Boone Pickens Stadium. Ooh. Oklahoma State, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm conflicted because I think realistically Texas really could lose to um, Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Um, obviously, Oklahoma is a toss-up, but – I don't know. Like I keep mentioning, I think Texas is going to uh, fare well against LSU and Oklahoma. It's the other few that I'm worried about. Yeah, I kind of feel like when it comes to the Oklahoma State game, I kind of feel like that might be a game where that inexperience shows up. Yeah. You know, in in a hostile environment uh, against a very loaded team. And and I think a, a big thing with, with LSU, when I think about that game and people say, oh, well, that's a loaded team. And I'm like, you're right. But they got a brand new quarterback. They're having a break in. They don't have Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Brady left. They replaced him with Scott Linehan. Mm-hmm. Wait, was it like really Scott Linehan of all people? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know what was in the works. I know from the Cowboys and watch him do really well at LSU. That's right. Be typical, but um who's the who's the quarterback that I guess is somewhat related to him uh highly rated that just committed to LSU that just made me think about that uh Nussmeyer uh, yeah, Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer. Uh, so he, I think that that duo I guess Lenahan and Nussmeyer are, are gonna do well in future so that, yeah. that's a little scary but I'm glad we're playing him this season yeah so we'll we'll see how it works out um but I just think with everything that that's going on with everybody, the the new talent. And LSU can recruit with anybody, so it's not like they can't get talented. But there's always that learning curve, uh, The first, especially the first few games of a season when you're breaking in a new quarterback. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you can look at LSU. I mean, they played Texas close, right? And then yeah. as LSU went on and, uh, like, and just started blowing people out, um, you know, Texas and them were close, but like when they played, you know, when they played Oklahoma, it, it was at the Peach Bowl. Um, the game was over by halftime. Yeah, that's kind of typical because that seems to be their showing in the college football playoffs recently. I know when Baker Mayfield was there, they kind of played Georgia close, but um, they just seem to be falling up, I guess, falling short in terms of college football playoffs. So, I think um, they do well in the regular season. And I, we've been discussing this as well in terms of coaching and things like that and um, just how they fall flat in the playoffs. And hopefully if Texas does make it there and uh, win the Big 12, obviously, and make it to the college football playoffs, that does not happen to us. But, yeah, it's just concerning, I guess, in a way to me that uh, the Big 12 teams, obviously it's been Oklahoma as of recently, are not, I guess, faring well in the playoffs. So I'm not sure what that means in terms of the Big 12 as a whole, but it's interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, well, let's let's get into that real quick. Uh, we've been talking about top coaches that they're going to face, and there's been this argument between us about who is the top coach they're going to face. Uh, most feel that it's, I, I guess y'all feel, you and uh, Griffin uh, of Longhorns Wire think it's, Lincoln Riley, where I think it's Coach Ed Orgeron. Ooh, I, yeah, I, I'm going back and forth ever since we brought this up, whether it's Lincoln Riley or Coach O, but I want to say 
Coach O just because of what he's been able to do in the playoffs and um, kind of the way he just turned around that program. And um, obviously it was they were having issues uh, with quarterbacks and um, their offense in the air. And then obviously they went undefeated and shocked everyone last season. So I would lean him just because of his resume. But Riley's had several impressive seasons, regular seasons, I should say, but he just can't put it together in the playoffs. So I think that's kind of his only downfall. And that's where it is. Like for me, when, when the cards are on the table, um, you know, when the lights are brightest is when I look at a coach and I kind of go, okay, how does he do when the cards are on the table? You know, and uh, yeah, also have to factor in, I, I will tell this to everybody. Uh, think back of Ed Orgeron when he was at USC taking over a team that was under so many NCAA sanctions, lost so many scholarships over the Pete Carroll thing. And he was still able to put up winning seasons there at USC. And obviously they get talent, but, you know, they had all those sanctions that were limiting, you know, how many players they could get on the, on their team under scholarship. You know, I, I looked at that and I saw what he did at LSU um, and how he was able to to win there, or what they were able to get, do against Alabama. So for me, uh, that's why I look at Ed Orgeron and say, yeah, he's definitely the best coach that the Texas Longhorns will face this year. Yep, I completely agree. And I'm looking forward to kind of digging deeper and kind of compiling a list of the top five that the Longhorns will be facing. But those two definitely are, are number one and number two on the list. Definitely. Uh, I mean, coming up next week, uh, on Monday, we're going to have another What If Monday where we walk through some more What If This Would Have Happened for the Texas Longhorns. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tell your smart device to play the latest episodes of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. For Cammy, I am Patrick, and we will see you on Monday. Hook em.